Hi there. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about how grateful I am that we have the Bible, that we have the Word of God, and that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, takes the Word of Truth and will guide us through life. And I've experienced that in my life. Uh, I got saved when I was about 28 years old, had three kids, and uh, was needing some help in just learning how to live life. And I remember when I first got saved, finding myself sitting in the middle of the kitchen floor with wash piled all around me, but I was so enraptured with the Bible because I never, I, de- I never dreamed. I wasn't raised up to, to know this, but I never, never knew that there's so many answers to life that we have are in the Word of God. And it just, it just thrilled me. So, uh, this is what I, these lessons are about. These times together are about these podcasts is, a lot of my experience of taking the Word of God and winning victories that Jesus has already won for us at the cross. But getting victories in your life, not just with yourself, but with your children, with your husband, with your family, with your jobs, with your parents, with everything in your life. And the Holy Spirit will take the Word of truth and lead us and guide us and keep us safe. He, I've often thought how grateful I am for God in my life to have kept me safe through the years and um, take care of you. And the earth can be a mean place. And so it's, it's nice to have a, a safeguard. Amen. We've been looking at praying in the last days. And this whole series started about thinking, what if Jesus came today? Are we ready? Is our family ready? And uh, that we can make a big difference in the eternity of our families. If we have family members that we know are not saved yet, I think God hears our prayers. He hears our cry. And even if it's up until the last minute, I remember I told you last week, I think about my mom and uh, standing in faith for her. I remember uh, uh, asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I know, I know she's going to be saved. I know she's saved. And you're going to see that that takes place. But what I really would like to know is, is to, to see is that she have time, that she would have time to bear fruit so that when she comes before you, she won't be embarrassed. She will have some fruit to lay at your feet because, you know, it, it talks about in the Bible as casting our crowns at his feet. So we, our fruit is what we will have to lay at his feet. And I just ask him to give her that opportunity to have the time to uh, bear some fruit and have it to, to give to him when, when she comes before him. And, you know, he did that. So um, God is good, and he's our friend, and um, it's just wonderful to have a, a, a counselor, a comforter, uh, one that stands by, a standby, an advocate like he is to us, and to have him with us in the earth. So I, I pray that our relationship with the Holy Spirit will grow as we study these scriptures. Praying in the last days, in the last couple of times, we've looked at like establishing a good, our motive in prayer. We've looked at that. We won't go back over that today, but and purifying our motives by faith. Faith is a sanctifier. And also um, to uh, uh, keep ourselves pure, to walk, to keep our robe of righteousness on. You know, you keep your life pure, not because of you, but for the glory of God. And that's what we came up with in establishing our motive. We're not praying for the person. We're not praying, 
because we just want to look good. We're praying for the glory of God. Stop and remember, Jesus bore the sins of the whole world and he deserves. And when you look at him on the cross and when you see what he went through on the cross, he died a gruesome death to get the, to get our, our destinies that he's de destined us to have established in our life. And so that's why we pray, because he deserves the glory. Amen. He's, he's given him his all, and now we can give our all by just standing in the gap and, and um, believing him for this person to get uh, to fulfill their destiny. That's what I ask a lot of times. Lord, I ask for that soul. Psalm 2 tells us, ask of me and I'll give you the Gentiles. And I ask for the destiny that you predestined them to have in, in the book of Ephesians chapter one. You, from before the foundation of the world, you predestined them to have a destiny. And I'm asking for them to be able to fulfill that. Now you show me, Lord, how to pray. Show me how to pray for them. What, are there any hindrances in their life? Are there any blockages to the flow of the spirit and the, and the spirit of life in them? And I will be your earth representative. Aren't we ambassadors for Christ here? I will be your earth representative and he is our heavens representative. And you get heaven and earth coming into agreement on things and the devil just gets shipped out of here. And he does not like to see us uh, do that. And so we're going to look at today how, um, well, to get to the root of the tree. Uh, and then, then we will get not to get caught up in distractions of the devil. So uh, getting to the root of the tree, um, a lot of times when we pray on, on Sunday mornings, we pray about um, prepare ye the way, preparing the way of the Lord. You know, the, the fact that Jesus is returning means we need to be prepared. And uh, the bride makes herself ready, it says in Revelations. And it also in Romans, it says we fit ourselves for the glory. And so we need to, uh, I remember years ago, someone talking about when you preach on the rapture of the church, it causes two things. It causes a heightened evangelism attitude and it causes um, uh, the fear of the Lord because people all of a sudden they want to live right and then they want to reach out and touch others. And so just think, what if, I mean, all the signs are showing for the second coming, but the rapture will come before that. What if? We're that generation that gets taken up. Are we ready? And so we, we've been looking at things like that and how to pray, how to pray for those around us. So um, preparing our mo the motive of our hearts and being purified by our faith and putting the ax to the root of the tree. And it says in um, Luke 4 through 6, Luke chapter 3, 4 through 6, and this is John the Baptist, and he was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. So it says, as it is written in the book of the words of Eli Elias, Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And then it says, every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So there's a preparation of, <clears throat> we'll look at pulling down the high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So you've got somebody in your life, 
And you know they need salvation. They need to be awakened to their salvation. And you uh, you are seeking God as to how to pray. Well, he's he's saying there's a the you know I, I see um, I see the the spirit of the Lord. He comes in like a, an airplane landing on a runway. It's he's like a river, and a river flows. And if there's a dam up spot, then it all stops up, and it doesn't flow anymore. So I, I, the preparing the way is to move the obstacles out of the way to prepare the way of the Lord so the Holy Ghost can come in. It says, every valley shall be filled. And uh, what was it? Uh, he said, uh, uh, I looked for a man among them to stand in the gap and build up the hedge. Every valley shall be filled. We can plead the blood of Jesus over people and bind the works of darkness against them. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see it. So you're going to build up the valleys. You know, I think of a pothole in the road. There's a pothole, and they come in, and they fill in the gravel, and they make it level. Or what if there's a bump somewhere, a mountain somewhere, and you have to pull that down. That's what, that's what uh, uh, pulling down every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And the different experiences we have in our life, uh, the words that are spoken to us through the years, maybe as a child, uh, maybe your home life wasn't the best in the world, and things stuck in there. And so when a, an intercessor comes in and looks to the Holy Ghost to guide them and show them how to pray, and a lot of times praying in other tongues covers a multitude of sins, you know, a multitude of ignorance, praying in other tongues. When you pray in other tongues, you're filling up those uh, places that you know not of and pulling down those high things that you know not of. And a lot of times in the midst of that, the gifts of the Spirit, a word of wisdom, word of knowledge will kick in and show you how to um, how to pray. And God's using us, and, and it can be very, and a very exciting uh, journey. And so I encourage you that the axe, th- this putting the axe to the root of the tree, amen? Now, there's a couple of scriptures that I wanted us to look at. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, I love this scripture, and I felt like the Lord gave it to me many, many years ago for, for, for me personally. But it, it's, um, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man uh, what God has stored up and made ready for man. For, but, but they're revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit searches. He searches out all things. And that word searches has to do with an inquiry. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, and, and I want to add uh, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, but also speaking the word over something. Say you're just reading along in your, in your daily Bible reading and you've, you've targeted a person, you're praying for them, and you've been asking God how to pray for them, and you'll be reading in your daily reading and all of a sudden you'll see and he'll point that out. And when you speak that scripture over the situation now and over this person, that's praying in the Holy Ghost and that's doing the work too. So either praying with understanding or praying in the spirit without understanding, it it can work both ways. So when he says, um, but they're revealed by the spirit, that means to, to the spirit will searches, it inquires, the spirit's moving about, 
going in there and inquiring and searching out how to pray in that individual. Why? Because one person was willing to, to give their time and attention. And, you know, a part of our energy of life is focus. When I focus, give my focus on something for the Lord, uh, th that's why the Holy Spirit is now... Actually, we grab hold of the horns of the altar, in a sense, and point them in the direction that we want the, the healing power of God to go. And so it's an inquiry when the Spirit is searching out. I just, you know, the, what are those, um, I don't know enough about weapons and stuff, but those missiles that search out their target. They lock in and, and they search out their target. That's what he does when, when you point the, point the weapon at something and you lock it in, the Holy Spirit's going to go and he's going to search out. And listen what he does. He inquires, but it comes from a word that means to utter, to speak, or to call. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is uttering, you know, uh, uttering and speaking out what needs to be done. And you will get a revelation of that sometimes. Sometimes you won't, sometimes you will. And um, that's how you, we're hand in hand working together with the Holy Ghost. But we've offered ourselves to him. I remember one lady saying one time about giving our lips to God. He said, I will create the fruit of the lips. And so... Uh, I, you know, this is just, if I could just encourage you that the change, changing the destiny from hell to heaven for a human being is just, what, what's, what's greater than that? You know, I know uh, when my kids were growing up, uh, the, the, ho the housewife was not the most uh, profitable looking. Everybody was going back to going to work. And if you didn't work in an office somewhere, you were just nothing. But I remember uh, one day going to the beauty shop and the lady asked me, she says, do you work in the house, in the home or out in outside? And I said, thank you for putting it that way, because people would think you didn't work at all if you didn't work in an office somewhere. But building a family and ministering to a family and spending time in prayer and believing God for the churches and the cities and the children and the souls, there's no, that's the most valuable thing you can be doing. There's no corporation that you could be the CEO of that would outdo that. So uh, this is one of the most valuable things we can be doing is learning how to pray and uh, learning how to walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit in prayer and learning His ways, you know, um, remember, Israel knew God's actions, but Moses knew his ways. So, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has stored up and made ready for, for those who love him. But it is searched out by the Holy Ghost. He will utter it out when we're praying in the Spirit or when you're reading along and he quickens a, a word to you and says, Speak that for the person you're believing me for. And that's when you can do it. He gave me that one time when, when I was uh, uh, believing him for this friend of mine that she had come to my Bible study years ago and she'd gotten saved, but she didn't get spirit filled. And then she ended up moving away. And I was really sad about that because I wanted her to finish the, finish the work of being spirit filled. But uh, he quickened me to Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, in verses five, I think, around five. 
but it said leading her into the love of God and the steadfastness of Jesus Christ. Well, that's a simple one-liner that you can remember easily. And when you're out driving in the car and you're stopped at a red light and you think of her, Father, thank you that you're leading her to the, in the love of God and the steadfastness of Jesus Christ. Simple little thing. But that word is quick and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's alive. And so it's going out and we're, we're superimposing it upon this person's life. And it's swallowing up the darkness and bringing in the light. So um, that's, um, that's powerful. And so we get to participate in that. The next one is Proverbs 5.22, where we, we remembered that it says we want to loose them and set them free. Now, this is putting the ax to the root of the tree. You know, we're, we're looking, we're getting our motives um, set. We're establishing our motive, a proper motive, and we're getting our, uh, the, the ax to the root of the tree. And so in Proverbs 5.22, it says, uh, his own iniquities shall take the wicked and he shall be holden with the cords of his own sin. I know I've shared this several times, but this is such a powerful scripture because that's true. People can be in bondage. It's just like I'm in bondage and my hands are all. Remember he told the people around Lazarus, loose him and let him go. His hands and feet were bound still. He came up out of the grave. He had been resurrected but his hands and feet had been born again, maybe even spirit-filled, but his hands and feet were still bound and he couldn't fulfill the destiny like that. And so Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And that's what, that's what we're moving towards is loosening these people. We've talked about the low-hanging fruit where people are just standing on a corner waiting to hear about Jesus. But then we have uh, the harder cases where they're still in bondage and the gospel's coming their way and they can't, they can't respond. You know, they're trying to give a, they just can't seem to get free. They're not free enough to respond and we're helping them respond. Amen. Because, and, and I'll show you uh, next time a scripture about how there was somebody that was willing to pull back and come up under someone else and give them the support and the, attention in the spirit that they needed to fulfill their destiny. So um, another scripture, and I want us to look at this one, is in, um, well, we'll just read through it real quick, and then maybe next time we'll, we'll get into it. But it's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. There it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And this is the part I, I really like because I don't, we don't usually finish this. We do the... Uh, weapons of our warfare and casting down imaginations. But the next verse says, the Lord is saying to us, I, I have in all readiness, I'm in all re having in all readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So when we do our part, he's standing there waiting at the doorway to do his part. Amen. I, I will supply the delivering power. I will do this and do that. But you need to ask me 
I need uh, I need a representative, an ambassador in the earth to work with me for this person's soul. And we target that and we highlight that. And that's when we walk, we, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. We have a supernatural uh, warfare that we we do. And we have a supernatural father. And we are supernatural, actually. Did you know that? We are supernatural beings. And we're just in, encouraging ourselves in the scriptures today as to walk in the supernatural power and to help set those around us free. So... Come back next week and we'll finish talking about these things. Amen. God bless you.